Here we go. Here we go. We're doing it. We're doing it. Three, two. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Don't leave this in. Okay. everybody welcome to wrestlesplania i'm kath barbadoro i'm here with rachel millman hi everyone my co-host and uh this is a podcast where i a wrestling fan try to get rachel to become a wrestling fan and i'm really excited about it i'm excited too because a i think i'm a really easy subject because it's not oh, really you're a very willing participant <laughs> very in this. willing yeah. participant there's no maybe i should be putting up more of a fight or a struggle but for me it's from a perspective of like i've always wanted to get into this i don't know the lore and because i hung out with indie college uh radio station kids uh in my formative years i it's it's a lot of sort of my credibility is based in knowledge, which is goofy, but that's how it works. So mm-hmm. if I have the knowledge, I can do it. And I think there's a lot, and I'm sure we will talk about this in future episodes because it's like a kind of a pet peeve of mine in the wrestling world. But a lot of um, a lot of people who like wrestling make it really hard for people who are curious about it to start liking it because there's a lot of that like. I need to demonstrate my knowledge you don't know to you. Shit, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so, like, I, I think that I really believe that most people could like it. I think there's a lot here for people to like. And I think that it's a bummer that people have felt weird about getting into it or whatever. It's certainly not going to be something for everybody, but like, you're interested in it. I'm enthusiastic about it. I think that this is going to be really fun. And I'm really excited about this, too, because every time I watch this, I think of a new sort of media thing of you can compare this to in terms of storytelling, in terms of editing, in terms of like, oh, this person is getting a very good storyline. This person is getting a very good edit this week. Yeah. I was never really a huge member of Bachelor Nation, (laughs) but I had a temp job uh, last year where everybody watched it. And so I was watching it just so, you know people would be nice to me at the office. And I was like, wait, this is some of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and so again, but that's, I, I guess bachelor nature, Na- bachelor nation is a little more accepting in that. Cause they're like, Oh, you don't know that season. Oh, here's what happened. The bachelor was really boring, but the house drama was cool. <laughs> but that's, that's sort of descriptive of every single season of the bachelor. But even then, just because I watched a couple episodes of a season of The Bachelor with Nick and then I watched a couple of The Bachelorette which had a wrestler on it which is also like <laughs> it's true because I remember immediately being like oh this guy used to wrestle he's gonna be perfect for reality yeah. television and the weird thing is is that he was sincere and he wasn't a wrestler on it he was just <laughs> like I need stability because my career is not <laughs> well I think like I just think it's it's weird that wrestling isn't more popular again because reality TV is so popular. I think that's like a really apt comparison. But I also just think like if you like drama, you will love wrestling. Oh like, my god! It's so it's it's so throws everything about the human experience into such high relief. It's so over the top and it's so full of excess. And I, it's opera. Like if you just like that sort of like dramatic, really over the top, totally unsubtle like burlesque kind of thing 
you're gonna like it and I think that a lot of people who like that kind of stuff are women and so it's strange to me I still don't understand why straight men like wrestling I don't like your average straight guy wrestling fan who's like not secretly like a weird theater geek which is what most of the cool ones are <laughs> I don't get I don't get it I don't understand what those people see I think in it. it's just <laughs> an acceptable release I mean one of my good friends and your co-host on your other podcast years Patty years ago was like complaining to me that his sister was really into the Real Housewives franchise and he was like I don't understand why she likes that shit and in the same breath was like I think I'm going to start paying for WWE and I was like <laughs> you know this is the same yeah. thing right? Literally the same like I they would throw tables on <laughs> both franchises. I have a joke about this about how it's literally the same everybody on both things has a uh, a terrible fake tan and body dysmorphia yep. and they're always fighting and it's the best. And so I just, before we keep going, we have so much to say, but uh, I do want to like give people listening a little bit of background about what I know and what I don't know, because like I said, wrestling fans sometimes get really insane about stuff <laughs> and I'm going to be wrong a lot. I'm going to not know things. But here's the thing at Russell's Plania, it's okay to be wrong. Thank you. Yes, it is. It it's is. okay. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to have your own interpretation of events. Yeah. And I very much do. I think I have my own interpretation of, of all of this because I'm, I come at it from such a weird perspective, which is what I want to say. Like I'm, I did not grow up a wrestling fan. Um, I'm not, I, I have not watched a lot of old stuff. Like I really, I, so I started getting into wrestling. I always sort of thought it was cool, but I started really watching it regularly when I started dating somebody who was into wrestling and he kind of got me into it. He brought me to live shows and I was like, Oh, this is like my shit. I love this. And I was super into it. And then in the last like couple months, I've gotten really more kind of intense about it. And I've started you know, I bought all the subscriptions and I have New Japan and WWE and High Spots and like Powerbomb and all that stuff. So I know a lot about the wrestling world as it exists today. I don't know a lot even going back a couple years. I my, my knowledge of the past is very spotty. And to be honest, people keep recommending that I watch old stuff. We want to do that on this podcast. We want to bring people in who know about like attitude, attitude era. Era. yeah yeah and stuff like that and I I want to learn but like I haven't really nothing has super grabbed me from that stuff yet. what would be interesting for me and I think it's fun that we're having this conversation on mic so because we want to do this we we want to shape this as it we want to shape this show as it grows for me it would be really fun because I wasn't even aware of wrestling as a thing until the fifth grade until it was like the second week of school and I noticed every single boy, all of their folders and trapper keepers were wrestling themed. <laughs> and it was in fifth grade is when you really start to, you know, and start, that was, to, start to just do the tango with puberty and in terms of competing with each other and competing with uh, the the opposite gender if you're, you know, boring and straight. <laughs> uh, and most people in the fifth grade, well, maybe not now. Kids are cooler and gayer. That's um, true. Kids are way cooler and way gayer than I was in the fifth grade. Uh, but that's usually when you start to realize that there's this sort of like competition between the sexes. Mm. And that was one of the first things that I felt really inadequate and competitive about as a as a kid growing up I was just like whatever if I work harder I could probably kick someone's ass just as equally at soccer <laughs> um and I was really confident perhaps overconfident because I always lost 
<laughs> but that was one of the first inequalities. Not not inequalities, but just sense of unevenness of like, there's this whole world that I don't know about. And so, so I would secretly kind of study their folders and be like, okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the name of a wrestler. The so, Undertaker is the name of a wrestler. And I was like, wow, I can name five wrestlers now. I'm starting to get credibility. And then they were all like, you don't know shit. And that's kind of when I gave up. Yeah. Which is so weird. So when you say like uh, a competition, you mean like a competition in terms of knowledge. Like in you're knowledge, like, yeah. There's this world that they have access to that I don't have access to. Yeah, and that... And they're gatekeeping even at 10 years old. Yeah, it's gatekeeping at 10 years old. And that sort of gatekeeper attitude has kind of haunted me haunted me through a lot of my late teens early 20s sure and I'm still trying to escape it now actively because I'm way more trying to lean into the fact of like you can just like something and not know who produced the song and what studio it came in and part of being a super fan is knowing who produced the song and where it came from and like what car they were writing in when they wrote it (laughs) and yeah if we ever want to do a Carly Rae Jepsen podcast I will be that annoying person (laughs) But it's I'm still trying to escape that. But this is still fun to know the lore because the lore makes it what it is. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring that up because I think I I think some of the reason that I feel that the wrestling fandom is like weirdly hostile in that way is that like my experience of enjoying wrestling primarily comes from the fact that I don't know a lot about it. Like that's really what I what I respond to. So like I, I said this on uh, street fight radio the other day, but the wonderful podcast, check them out. Um, Absolutely. Listen to street fight. They're great. Um, I, I, so I'm a stand up comedian and I, uh, I, I've loved stand up. I've always loved stand up. When I used to watch stand up before I did it, I would be so just completely, um, taken in by, by, how entertained I was and I would I would just lose myself in it completely I would just completely like ego death I have no idea how much time has passed I'm so in this you know and then I started doing stand-up and I still love it but I can't watch it that way anymore I don't I don't like you can only watch it from a tech perspective exactly I can only watch it from the sort of like I know these sort of very specific technical details about how this is achieved with wrestling I feel that ego death again watching it. And so I don't understand the type of fan who wants to know every single little thing about all the backstage stuff and everything because I want to lose myself in it. I want to be a mark. I'm the wrong type of fan. (laughs) No, you're not the wrong type of fan. You're just just maybe a different type of fan than me. I think, yeah, I'm just coming. That's true. You're right. I should stick to the own ethos that I set for this. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's Uh, no wrong way to like this. It's Russell's playing it. You can be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You can be wrong. Um, The sky is not blue. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I'm coming because my dad... My parents met in film school. I still don't know what my mom was doing there Um, (laughs) because she is like she's she you know, she's a mom. She loves the Big Bang Theory and The Walking Dead. Uh, But my dad really instilled in me this when I was young of like, hey, here's how this camera angle works. Mm -hmm. Here's how this works. You're 12 years old and annoying. We're going to teach you the (laughs) phrase Foley artist and you're going to lose your mind thinking about how that's such a cool job Mm -hmm. and you want it. No one has that job. Uh, no one has that job 
there's three people who have that job and they get to break carrots all day. Yeah. Um, and they've but, been doing that job for like 30 years and, and no one else re- and will have that job really till they die. they're good at it. Yeah. They're great at it. They all get to <laughs> slap food around as far as I can tell. But so for me from that perspective is that from, because we've watched obviously this and we're going to get into why the specific thing that we watched when we decided when the idea for this podcast hit Inception uh, was like, this is like ballet and mm-hmm. I want to watch these rehearsals. I want to watch like this choreography move. Like we all love ra- like rare footage like of Beyonce practicing a dance. Yeah. So for me, it's like, oh God, how do you plan? I, I just want to watch. That's the thing is that I, I, I watch this and I do experience a similar ego death of like, oh my God, I can't believe he's about to die on this ladder. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really intense match. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. I showed Rachel the Adam Cole, Alistair Black NXT TakeOver match and we were stressed the fuck out. I'm so stressed. <laughs> So oh scary. My God, that was really <laughs> scary. Uh, but I still find myself wanting to, while I'm experiencing that ego death, once that ends and like his neck isn't broken, I'm like, I want How'd they to do that. I want to, I wish I could, if I could be a fly on the wall of them being like, okay, we're going to go here. And then you want to know about, I, for me, I immediately want to know about that relationship creatively because yeah. creative, rela- like we all love to read stories about, the village in the seventies and like Paul Simon <laughs> running into David Bowie on the street. And it's a similar thing for me. Yeah. Of like, how do you plan this? How do you do this? Like, and every time we watch wrestling, we always delve into this very, very, like we have this, this conversation both times or three times of like this level of trust is the most intimate thing I've ever seen between two men going back to your point of, (laughs) I don't understand why men like this. I do understand why men like this because it's violent and they're throwing each other around, but it's, it's just the feminine perspective of like, oh my God, they trust each other so much. They it's love so, each other so much. It's so beautiful. It's so like moving. And I think it's interesting because you say like, oh, we're, we, we are kind of approaching it a little bit differently, but I think we're both seeking the same thing, which is immersion. Yes. We're both seeking to be immersed in this. Yes. And that's like, if you want to be immersed in something, brother, wrestling is your shit <laughs> because there are hundreds of hours of wrestling being produced every oh like God. it's insane how much stuff there is yeah Kath, so like Kath if you was wa- messaging me this weekend and was like i'm sorry you have 90 hours of wrestling to watch in a 48 hour weekend and i was like okay i'm going to do this yeah well this weekend especially holy moly this was a good weekend to get into wrestling like <laughs> it's so funny because we so we started talking about this podcast because rachel uh came and watched wrestle kingdom with me and our friend tim faust and uh Tim and I are, are wrestling fans. Rachel was curious and kind of just tagged along. And I don't think he really had many much expectation of, of what it was going to be. No, well, because it's been a mounting enthusiasm on my Twitter timeline of more and more people are into wrestling. And more and more people are not just into wrestling, but enthusiastically talking about wrestling to their credit in a way that is somewhat accessible to me. Mm-hmm. You, uh, we're going to say their name many, many times on this. If you don't follow them, Hunk Tears yeah. is a great person. Hunk Tears f- is probably the best wrestling Twitter person. Absolutely. If, especially if you're like not your average demographic of wrestling fan. But even if you are, 
Hong Jin is should, fucking great. Even if you are the most insanely average demographic of We're wrestling have fans, for sure. you should follow them because their perspective is so good and so smart and so accessible. Um, and we love them. Uh, but yeah, it, it's as I was watching more and more people do this, I, it's, I wanted to get into wrestling. I wanted to learn about this, but you don't want to, you know, bother your hardcore fans and be like, Hey, can you explain everything to me? Mm -hmm. Oh, tickets are $30. I don't have the money. So we had gone to brunch earlier. We had had a ladies. Yeah, we had a ladies brunch. We had a ladies brunch. Pre-Wrestle Kingdom ladies brunch. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh, you're into Tim's. I haven't seen Tim in a while. Tim is one of my friends. Tim got a new dog. Yeah. There was a lot of, a lot to recommend this Wrestle Kingdom watch party. (laughs) Uh, And we get there and I feel still very, very privileged in the fact that one of the first wrestling events I really sat down and paid attention to was with you and was with Tim because you guys are so passionate and articulate and loving of this sport and entertainment this weird thing that <laughs> kind of doesn't make sense that is a thing but <laughs> it's that we so love good. <laughs> so i got really lucky so that's so we didn't i didn't come with kath to this with the intent of like let's start a podcast yeah it was, let me hang out with my friends and a cool dog <laughs> uh and i hung out with the friends and the cool dog and we were so into it and i just tweeted something really casual because we were watching new japan yeah, uh, we were watching. What was the name of that match? See, this is why I'm Wrestle not, Kingdom. Wrestle. We were watching yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. See, this is I'm having it <laughs> explained, and I keep looking at the computer like it's a camera. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we go there, and it's I. We were watching the Young Bucks, and I was immediately like, "Oh my god, these guys are such fun shit kickers." Yeah, uh, they're absolutely and fun they, shit kick. Like I feel like <laughs> that is enough to recommend you for this because you immediately understood everything about the young bucks like that's like <laughs> and it's so funny and because I pissed some people off because they just reminded me of the energy of again of street fight of like <laughs> we like to start shit and have fun and i tweeted it out and i immediately get this reaction of so many people being like rachel millman is tweeting about the young bucks and that's what's that is the fun part of our wrestling fandom to me is that they were excited of like, we got another one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that like, especially people who are not just like kind of white dudes in their late twenties, like anybody who's not that I'm like excited to, especially excited to convert to this like weird fandom. But yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, it's just interesting because so you, you, we start. We started this. You suggested it to me after we watched Wrestle Kingdom together, and I told some people who like wrestling about this, and I said, "Oh yeah, our first one is going to be for the Rumble, and we're going to watch like WWE stuff for the first one." And they were all like, "She started liking re- wrestling because of Wrestle Kingdom, and you're going to make her watch WWE. She is going to be bummed out. <laughs> She's going to be so disappointed." <laughs> And, and it turned out this was actually an amazing weekend for wrestling in WWE. I'm and so, still sad I couldn't watch it live with you yesterday. Yeah, we haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> if, if you follow us on Twitter, you know uh, Rachel maybe has mumps or had mumps. She's I don't sitting know. Sus- like probably too close to me. But- I don't know. Uh, as the doctors at Mount Sy- Sinai put it, I am under soft quarantine because. Uh, it was earlier this week. I woke up and my lymph nodes had exploded. It was and nuts. I, I sent you a photo and you were like, Rachel, you're stealing fat valor right it's now. It's true. You were. You were co-opting the look of my people. It was, yeah. <laughs> it 
was upsetting to me. Uh, it was, and it's, I have, I, if I become fat, I will live with it and that's okay because <laughs> bodies are bodies. But when you wake up and your face is suddenly not your face, you lose your mind yeah. very quickly. Um, and my poor boyfriend can testify that I was just hyperventilating, crying. Oh. I just, cause it's, your face is exploding. Yeah. Yours is, it's not like you broke up, wiggle. There's more logic to waking up with a broken limb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it would at least, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, it's a very like Gregor Samsa moment. Like you wake up and you just are like, I'm, this isn't my body anymore. I don't own this. I was, I felt like a Cronenberg character. I think this is interesting that we're talking about it on a wrestling podcast too, because I, and I can't speak to this. And so I don't want to go into this too much, but I, I have read a lot of stuff from um, trans people who said that watching wrestling helped them understand their own body dysmorphia and understand their own bodies because like it's so wow. physical and there's such a like it's such a, a spectacle of the body and like and especially we're talking about this like intimacy of interacting with this other body and all that this is stuff. Like really a, interesting. That is a really cool and really beautiful perspective that neither of us are should remotely. Yeah. Touch I mean, hopefully because we're both cis white women. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is a gorgeous thing. And I didn't even know about that, but that's sort of just from my surface knowledge and surface readings um, of sort of, uh, of writings on the, on, on that is that, that makes immediate sense yeah. in its own way. But I mean, your relationship with your body is so specific to you. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm absolutely going to have you send me a link to that once. We're yeah. I'll have to find it. And whoever has written stuff like that, I need to look it up and hopefully invite them on the podcast. Cause obviously we can't talk about it in too much depth, but I, I do think that there's like uh, that's such a cool perspective. Yeah, I love that I'm pausing <laughs> about that, and I shouldn't be pausing because we don't want dead air. It's cool, but you know we're still talking. We're still talking, and if we have to edit it, we edit it. Uh, but oh, so to, uh, we should probably just get through the story of like why, how this happened, which is that I went with you to watch New Japan. I tweeted about it, and I we immediately get like such positive and cool reactions of like wow, you're getting into this. And you also tweeted out a thing of like, I get to explain this saga of the Golden Lovers to both Tim and Rachel right now. And we're going to do an entire Golden Lovers episode. Yeah, 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 for sure. So stay tuned for that, <laughs> please. Um, and I, like, we we talked about it. I went home. I had a great time. I come home. I tell Nate, oh, we watched this. And Nate turns to me and was like, you guys should do a podcast. And I was like, <laughs> no. I wasn't even thinking about wrestling podcasts, just podcasts as a market. <laughs> Making a joke about somebody in Brooklyn having a podcast <laughs> is already a trope. Well, you're telling me this is my third podcast. <laughs> like, Wait, what's your other one? I have one called Lie, Cheat, and Steal with uh, oh, my friend right. Pat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, this is my third fucking podcast. <laughs> so I 100% know. And I, yeah. like, definitely my first thought was not, let me start another goddamn <laughs> So yeah, we, uh, yeah. It's the the joke of a Brooklyn resident having a podcast is already trite. That's how saturated that market is. And I was like, I don't know. And Nate was like, I think you should do it. And he pressed me about it, which is good. Thank Thanks, you, Nate. Nate. Thanks, Nate. More content. Nate's giving us the thumbs up. <laughs> Nate is also our producer. Yes. Um, thanks, Nate. Our silent partner, Yay. doing the emotional labor of production Finally, and actual labor. We have switched <laughs> the tables of turn. The tables of turn. We're switching the scales. 
um, be quiet, you. <laughs> but we, he was like, you should do a podcast about this. And I was like, I don't know. Why would anybody? Because that's also part of why I don't have as many creative endeavors as my manic brain would like is that I'm always like, I don't know who would care. Yeah. But I thought about it more and more. And then I messaged you or maybe you messaged me about something wrestling related. I forget. I think I was sending you like golden lovers links. You were sending me a lot of golden lovers, Reddit links. Um, And then I was like, Nate says we should do a podcast. You had the same reaction of like, I don't know. Like in York from like the wrestling podcast market is so saturated. And then I was like, did you read this? There was an anecdote that had gone around Twitter that week where a reporter had reached out to 75 women and been like, we need an expert's comment on this. And Mm -hmm. the reporter reached out to 10 men and was like, we need an expert's comment on this. And maybe two or three of the women were like, oh, I guess I'm not an expert, but I can give a comment on this. And they were top of their field. And all 10 of the men were like, absolutely, I will talk about this. And I was like, I think we should apply this to here. Yeah. Why not throw our hat in the ring? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Everyone else is doing it. (laughs) And you're listening to it. So thanks. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So thank you. Um, Yeah, so we actually, there's so much wrestling this weekend that we decided to break this up. So this episode is going to be about... um, the NXT takeover in Philadelphia. We didn't watch the whole thing, but we watched the last two matches and we also watched them out of order. We did. Yeah. Cause we, <laughs> we got, we got in a wrestling binge. Like I was just going to show Rachel the, um, almost Gargano match and we loved it so much. And then our food came and then we started, I was like, Oh, while we're eating, we should put on the Alistair black, Adam Cole match. And then, uh, it was so great that we just watched the whole thing. I mean, I would like to say that uh, Adam Cole was so pretty to look at that that did help yeah. drag me I in. I feel like some of our listeners are going to be upset about this. It's divisive. <laughs> Rachel's <laughs> really, really into Adam Cole. That I'm fucking not really, really into Adam scumby, Cole. That scumby hunk. I just understood ugh. his cell of like beautiful scumbag. He's like, a trash person. Again, he's a really classic, cute classic hung tears description. Adam Cole, prettiest possum in the Denny's dumpster. That's a hundred percent who he is. So he's I, just a trashy, just like a, like a tr- Florida hunk. That's oh who he is. God. I don't even know if he's from Florida, but like he is emotional. Florida hunk undersold it. And I'm sorry if that's classic. <laughs> uh, Cause I, where I grew up, uh, we had, I had a little, my dad built a little deck off of my uh, back bedroom mm-hmm. um, and there were possums under it and I would hear them mating at night. So when you were like prettiest possum in the dumpster, I was like, that has to be a really pretty possum. Yeah. Cause I have gotten into arguments with uh, the sole member of possum Twitter about this. I don't <laughs> think possums are that cute. It, but it, it's that's what's so weird is like he is really pretty and he looks like a possum. It's oh. so strange. Oh, no, it was I looking at him was an immediate reaction of like, I hate you and I would absolutely yeah tolerate you no not, wonder, not beyond Black. just tolerate you at a bar i would absolutely like be into you at a bar if i were single yeah. and i'm disgusted with myself and i like that he can immediately lock into that like oh yeah. like horny disgust horny disgust is <laughs> i feel like there's like rachel has not seen a dean ambrose match yet but if you want to talk horny disgust there are a lot of wrestlers that oh, fit that I'm bill so excited there's so much <laughs> horny disgust in wrestling i feel like that's probably why Alistair Black wanted to uh, hit him with that kendo stick because he was just like you're too pretty and I hate it. 
gross. <laughs> that that was really good because that also felt to me like a very stereotypical sense of wrestling. For though, I mean, we're going to assume that if you're listening to this, you watch the match. Yeah, I'd like I I put out what we were watching. I think we should probably tweet what we are watching for every episode. I'm hoping people will watch it. Hopefully, it can be entertaining if you haven't. But we were throwing yeah. around episode titles as well, and maybe we should just make it be like the matches that we watched instead of like you know Alistair's long nipples <laughs> yeah that was our, that our was working title is Alistair Black's long nipples that was the first thing I really took in about him is that like one he was I one I immediately noticed how well he was selling being like mid card that's the term right I like that you're like really committed to using these terms like selling you're using selling right. a lot like you're not doing it totally correctly but <laughs> I admire your passion well well the sell is also sell is I feel like transcends just wrestling well sell a sell in wrestling is um acting like you're hurt yeah is yeah what it is but I mean you do have to sell it you, I watch yeah. America's Next Top Model. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you have to sell your product. You have to, you have to sell your character in terms of acting. Because if maybe I should have said this earlier, and I'm coming from a background of I am a theater major dropout right. from a state school, so I know a little bit about acting, and I know all of the reading I had to do about Stanislavski and method acting. Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn about method acting, you become a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, fuck losing weight. Fuck any sort of, like, Christian Bale sort of anorexic diet. But you, if you want to learn about wrestling, you want to burn... Wrestling is the ultimate method acting because you are actually bleeding. Yeah, and that's, you know, like, the, the joke is that everybody, like... The joke is that if you say wrestling's fake to a wrestling fan, they get mad. And, like, the, the joke is you're like, it's scripted, it's not fake. <laughs> Which, like... But it's true. It's, like... You can't fake getting thrown through a table. Like, yeah, the table is rigged so that it'll break when you hit it. Yeah. But you're still getting thrown through a table. Yeah. You're still, you know, like, Johnny Gargano's still getting hit in the face with almost his knees, you know? Like, oh, God. you know, they're pulling punches a little bit, but, like, Adam Cole's hitting his lower back on two chairs no, set back to back, you know? Again, I'm operating from a very slim perspective of the... I know you said New Japan is way more brutal and you said that a guy rammed himself into a wall so hard he's currently in a coma. Oh, no, he he headbutted another guy so hard he's in a coma. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, my God. He's out out of a coma, but he's, like, probably never going to wrestle again. I watched the Omega Jericho match and that was sold really well and those guys told an excellent story. Yeah, and it was brutal, but it wasn't. That was brutal, but, like, those up and close and personal punches, those... Maybe it was just the shooting angle. Maybe it was like the skeptical way in which I was watching it. Those were not as brutal up close. Yeah. Well, they're also older guys. Well, yeah, that's I think part of it is that is that um, Jericho Jericho in particular is 47. He's so old as dirt for a wrestler. He, yeah. So like he has to they they have to take that into account when they're sort of figuring out what the match is going to be and don't get me wrong he still did a lot of stuff that is incredibly painful and incredibly amazing oh for i would be dead if yeah. i were Jericho. i'd be 100 dead but like <laughs> i would be dead and not i still <laughs> bruised somehow as a corpse and yes. it's been like two weeks yeah uh, <laughs> but like yeah you have you have uh cole and black who are both um i know cole's from the indie scene i think black is too i can't remember what his indie name was but like 
they're they're young they're hungry they're in the prime of their physical life hungry was the exact thing i was thinking of because we talked about it a little bit upstairs and as we again as we figure out how we want to make this we're trying to reserve as much commentary as we can even though this is this is entertainment that's really prone to shrieking your reaction immediately (laughs) from the couch or wherever you're watching it from uh we were is that the Basically, that match to that was so brutal, and you were telling me that WWE is at, in its current in, in its current stage is not normally that brutal. It's not. I they definitely have like ladder matches and table matches and stuff like that. But that match to me, and maybe someone listening might disagree, but I I thought that was in particular there were some really really t- rough looking bumps in that match. That and was that like was, that was scary. I'm still like upset about watching Adam Cole hit that ladder and then start convulsing like start twitching I don't know if he was doing that as a cell but I was like I was upset watching that yeah it was a but you know it's again I don't know if you feel this way but it's wrestling upset where I'm so fucking excited and I'm so like I can't I can't turn away yeah it's amazing but I'm also like I watched that live and I was like Adam Cole might be dying. Like, I don't know, you know? Yeah, oh, (laughs) if he had shit himself, I wouldn't have been entirely surprised. Uh, Because it was just, he he hit his tailbone really hard, too. Yeah. That, I think you're right that it was the tailbone. Yeah. Because that, when's the last time you landed on your tailbone? Oh, oh, oh. I don't even want to think about it. Uh, And I just, not getting thrown into a ladder by a big muscle guy. I think I (laughs) fell because I went to, after I dropped. ice, that's mine. After I, oh, mine is ice tangential. After I dropped out of a state school, I went to a really bullshit community college. And one of the courses you could do for credits was taking a class on ice skating. (laughs) So I landed on my tailbone a lot. And like. We, anybody who is listening to this has landed to this. It is, it's, I think it's worse than your, it's way worse than your funny bone. It is yeah. your entire body. Because it's like your funny bone, but you, your, fu- your whole, your bo- funny your whole bone body, and you can't sit. your shoulder. Yeah. And like your entire, it's down to your toes if you land hard enough. You yeah. land it hard. But that was the thing I noticed about that too. And again, correct me, because we are explaining it, uh, is that the way I saw that was like, there's other matches you watch where de- guys have definitely been planned, where the, the two wrestlers have definitely planned it to a degree, or I'm sorry, scripted it to a degree. <laughs> uh, have scripted it to a degree where they're like, okay, you're going to do this. I'm not going to land that hard. You're going to put me in a hold so I can get my breath back. Right. This one, it was basically like they got together, and like <laughs> you said, hungry is the perfect word. They got together. They said, you know what? We want to make a name for ourselves as much as possible. Condom off. (laughs) (laughs) The no condoms extreme rules match. The no condoms. (laughs) That's a good name for this one. Condom off. The no condoms extreme rules match. Yes. The no (laughs) condoms. Perfect. I like it. I like it. Uh, It was condom off. Don't break my neck. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I I don't know if that's what they did or or not, but like uh, it definitely had that vibe to it. And people listening, I'm I'm very excited to get Rachel to watch like real deathmatch shit because like, yeah, I know it's scary. It's not my favorite type of of wrestling to watch, but I have so much respect for it. And I feel like the more wrestling I watch, the more I've sort of come around to it. But uh, yeah, as I far mean, as WWE I've goes, that was seen rough. Any death match, but just based on the title alone, <laughs> I take it there's more blood. Well, death <laughs> matches are like it. It usually they're like that. So 
what we just watched is technically called an quote extreme rules match which means like I don't even know exactly what it entails but it basically means there's like some rules it's not a total no DQ match but certain stuff is allowed so like kendo sticks are allowed yeah trash cans are allowed Trables are allowed. Ladders are allowed. Trash cans were so funny. <laughs> that, was, that was the best because he's a possum. So yes, he's throwing exactly. them at the trash can. He's putting them back in the garbage. <laughs> I really loved, I mean, it was a very, again, it was, it was when I, when you say the words WWE to me, it was the sort of exact same thing that I think of where he throws away his kendo stick and Cole just like he goes full. His best, like more the rock's eyebrow than the rock himself. Yeah, yeah. His face was great. His he was like, you was are for, dead, dude. You, he's just screaming. <laughs> You're stupid. You're so <laughs> stupid. And I'm transported back to basically any episode of Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> of just like, you stupid, stupid bitch. And then they just go for it. Yeah. It was, it was a f- absolutely super fun match. Yeah. That it was-, was fun and stressful, which is like really what I want from wrestling most of the time. <laughs> That's like one aspect of what I want from wrestling. I do want to also talk about the other match that we watch, but I, if you're not, if you have more to say about this one. It was mostly, I mean, I didn't take as many notes during this one and we were eating, but it was so, there's, I feel like I'd go ad nauseum for a little bit and just in terms of talking about. Was it, Do you think you liked it better than the other one? I don't know. They yeah. were two, they were just so, two different matches. Mm-hmm. And Did you have a strong opinion about in the, in the extreme rules match, did you have a strong opinion about who you wanted to win? No, I didn't. You didn't? No, it was, well, I mean, I know the face was Alistair. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But like they were, it was, it, you, like you said, it was less well-defined. It was just two dark sweaty dudes beating each other up. Yeah. Both of their characters are kind of like brooding assholes. An easy way to like, to figure out. And, I don't know. I especially in WWE, it can be hard to tell sometimes. But uh, an easy way to tell who you're supposed to like and who you're not supposed to like is whoever is breaking the rules is always the bad guy. Like, yeah. Again, Street Fight Brian, wonderful man, uh, said that like basically the story of all wrestling is that there's a good guy who respects wrestling and a bad guy who disrespects wrestling, <laughs> and they wrestle in order to avenge the honor of wrestling. So like. That's- I draw comparisons to so many different things, but that's very um, drag race to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very drag race. I didn't get to say this earlier, but it's very interesting. Like, I mean, you know, the word queer is very much a large umbrella and not everybody has to ass- ass- assign to the same traits about it. But there's definitely like a queer person who is very into wrestling and a queer person who's very into drag race. And yeah. then there's obviously both <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah. a lot of people make the a lot of there's a lot of crossover appeal with those things for well, sure there's there's another wrestling podcast that's hosted by two drag queens yeah yeah, yeah. nobody is watching wrestling it's very funny <laughs> they do a great job but yeah it's the same it's it's similar in the sense of um yeah, I mean, people have talked about this a lot, but it it's similar in the sense that it is a, a takeoff on like an idealized version of gender, especially like with wrestling. And we were going to talk about women's wrestling on this too. And women's wrestling is great, but it classically was a, a men's thing. And it's very much like a masculinity drag show. 
like that's perfect it's it's all about because you have these like the strong men it's all about how they look it's like this they're all waxed or lasered yes. keely uh, our roommate watched it, my roommate watched it with us absolutely all laser hair hair removal yeah we were talking a lot about uh how because especially during the cold black match where they both were in the the trunks like how do they get their bikini lines so smooth i didn't I see any any ingrown hairs on either of them zero ingrown hairs and just just from a friction standpoint, like how yeah. did their dick not flop out? I'm I assume they're always taped. shocked there's not more dick in wrestling. I assume that they're taped, they like tape it in somehow. You think they're tucked? <laughs> this really is like drag. They have to tuck. They're, I think I I mean, I guess they can't tuck it to a degree because like part of this is like look at my dick waving around right look kind of yeah this is interesting you have to tape it i mean i feel like you have to at least tape your balls down i think they i think they probably tape the leg holes of the yeah i think it's i don't know if they tape the the dick and the reason i think this is because another thing i'm probably going to reference a lot on the show is a wonderful shoot interview series called best friends hosted by two of my favorite wrestlers uh dustin and greg trent and chuck taylor and they interview wrestlers and it's the funniest shoot interviews because most shoot interviews are like so how'd you get started and (laughs) and best friends is like i was getting hit with a chair and i figured (laughs) monetize this the best friends one they call it popping dogs and talking hogs and you would love it they're the best (laughs) and all they do is they're just like so what's your dick like during a match? And like, have you ever shit your pants during a match? How many dudes have you kissed in the ring? It's like the best thing ever. See, now I'm back to the market is too saturated because that's exactly <laughs> what I want out of. That's exactly what I know. I don't know. Well, that's like, why did it's, you the shit only, it's the only shoot interview series I want because that's the only things I want to know are. <laughs> How is your dick? Like, and, and they said, so they were like, wrestling match dick is like the worst dick ever because it basically just goes inside you like because you're you don't so they're like you don't tuck you're just like you're you have so much adrenaline and like your body just knows you don't you don't need your dick and you don't want to get hit in the dick so you just it just kind of it just kind of turtles and then yeah they talk a lot about their like one of the questions I always ask is like have you ever like grabbed a guy's dick in a match by accident like stuff like that have you ever got your dick grabbed it's great that's perfect. Can't recommend it enough. Because, again, I mean, maybe not who they are as people, but in the ring, I feel like they're transcending a lot of traditional masculinity. Yeah, even as they sort of, even as it's this sort of extreme version of manliness, it's also, like we said, there's a lot of intimacy. There's, there's a lot so, of emotion. It's so intimate. Yeah. It's, I saw Call Me By Your Name. It's on the same level. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, it's on a higher level in Call Me By Your Name because Call Me By Your Name has a buildup and they are just immediately the closest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and... (laughs) I like it's a good movie, by the way. You should see it. I haven't seen it yet. It's but good. It's really good. It's uh, it's very similar to Lady Bird, in my opinion. Okay, I haven't seen that either. I don't watch Both anything. Both good. Both good. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it was. I think this is probably a good point to transition into the the other match we watched because that match sure. to me was there was so much emotional intimacy in that match and so much like trust and like I I watched that match live and I like halfway through I was just in tears like I was so oh, I'm so sad I have I might have moms no <laughs> I'm so sad I missed that that's I such a beautiful so thing emotionally overwhelmed by really the whole show because I was I was so stressed out by the the Cole Black match and then right after was Johnny Gargano and Andrade Cien Almas and just there's something about the way that Johnny Gargano wrestles that I just it's 
it's I'm a true mark in the true sense of the word about him where I'm like don't hurt him like <laughs> leave him alone like I get so worked up and I'm just yeah. like wrestling is real and I will protect Johnny Gargano like I get so I just wound up by it I had obviously I had, I had some wrestlers I've definitely heard of before um Johnny Gargano I didn't know shit about and yeah. I immediately knew everything about him yeah he's the perfect he's such you a pure he baby the, face the face of faces yeah Face of faces, like, and his name is Johnny Wrestling. Like, he's yeah. not, it's that straightforward. Yeah. And like, like, I have a standard joke about, like, my name is Doug Truck. I drive a truck. <laughs> like, Johnny Wrestling. I fucking wrestle. Like, yeah. And I just. Greg Garbage Can here. Guess what <laughs> I work in? <laughs> he, it's funny because I think it's really hard to be a baby face like that and be compelling. Like, I, I think it's hard to be like a good guy. That's like super interesting, especially when you have like, you have this, that's the Superman problem. Yeah, exactly. The Superman problem. And Gargano is like, obviously he's got the underdog thing. Cause he's small and for a wrestler, for a wrestler, right. He's normal sized. He's five ten and 200 pounds, like a normal man. I just, <laughs> I, I did immediately notice that he was very slim hipped. Yes. That yeah, man yeah. does not have childbirthing <laughs> hips at all. Um, he like, I think it's hard to be compelling, but there's something about him. And I think it's, he, he like the way he, he just gets these sad eyes when he's been hit and he's just like, he just looks so fucked up and concussed. I'm and, like, thinking more and more about his haircut and the fact that Paramore was his intro music. And yeah. he just, he makes so much sense to me in terms of, uh, I turned 18 when Fueled by Ramen was a really big label sort yeah. of thing. Of, like, yeah, yeah. That more, like, like that pout, that sadness. I think he's our age too, by the way. I think he's like, I think he's 29, 30. Nice. So he like, it's all from that context. I loved his non-linear hairline. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like it, it starts to like, it's he's he sweats and then it it starts to stick up and he, it kind of looks like he looks like a little baby animal like it looks like he looks like a little he looks like a newborn yeah and so I just like I get so protective of him and I I get so like this little baby wrestling animal <laughs> I like that we're not we don't want to figure out what animal he is he's just generic animal well I mean he might be a raccoon but I don't think he's a raccoon no, I think he's, he's like a baby, a I think it's a baby squirrel I think you're right I think he's a baby squirrel maybe a chipmunk oh I love him <laughs> But yeah, and like that match, I, I think that's like, that match is what I really like about wrestling, which is like, I don't remember a ton of moves from it. I don't remember a ton of spots. There were some great spots and Almas is awesome. Like he's, I'm talking oh, about how much I love was, Gargano, but Almas is amazing. Oh, he was great. I really loved, and again, just pure novice perspective and yeah. I don't even need to couch it, uh, is that he came in and he was this immediate sell of I'm very, like Gargano is... The, and because it's in Philadelphia too, and you said that he got his start in wrestling in Philly, it's it's a lot of echoes of Rocky. Yeah, 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 totally. Of like, I'm the young scrapper. I want this so bad. Johnny Gargano has been working for this his, his entire life. Right, what which I is really also, funny that they kept saying that because NXT's only been around for like nine years. So it's like <laughs> his lifelong dream. Really? Is he nine? He looks nine. <laughs> he looks nine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, it was, is that but they're doing this this whole narrative of that and he comes in and he's this young scrapper and he has this cute little pout of like I'm a kid who just wants this Johnny Gargano I yeah. have a very little pl- Johnny Wrestling I have a little platonically Italian name yeah and, you know we are the I most think depressed. his name I think his name sounds like a tiger beat name too like he's just such a little teen heartthrob oh. you know ooh that's again excellent call I love this analysis <laughs> uh, and this other guy comes in and he's just like pure business and he's in this very tailored he's in suit. the suit oh the suit was great yeah I immediately was like oh is he a business hunk and you're like not traditionally (laughs) I will say like one thing people shit on WWE a lot but one thing they do incredibly well is those promo packages that they put together for matches like you said as soon as you saw Gargano you knew what what he was about yeah it's they edit those things together so well like they're really good and that I feel like you got Gargano you got Almas because we watched that two minute Pre, like you would have gotten it from the match because they're both incredibly talented performers yeah. but like those packages are great anyway sorry continue. the, the mariachi opening too that ruled the luchariachi or yeah. what was the word I luchariachi luchariachi is what I said um, and I was just sitting there I was asking I was like he seems like he's extremely from Queens and you're like no he's from Ohio and I was like that's such a face home state <laughs> he's so pure and like he has this wholesome little bdsm getup, which is not a thing that i thought possible but <laughs> here we are yeah his like weird leather high collar yeah like, but it thing. wasn't like black leather it was like a friendly inviting leather yeah and it had his little like emoticon on it <laughs> yeah it so yeah oh his little emoticon was so great oh my <laughs> god uh and but yeah, then Almas comes out, and I love um, I love Selena Vega. His his uh, yeah, I forgot to ask you her name. She was excellent. Yeah, she was really good. She that again. Maybe I'm using I'm using Cell wrong because I think of Cell. It's like, fine. You can't be wrong here. I can. I can. Pro- I'm I'm eventually going to learn how to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> nah, is, you've gotten this far. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it's just the Cell is the hurt, but the way she just kind of you you're selling the whole story. Yeah, you're. I think I'm maybe thinking of this maybe more from magician terms. <laughs> I think maybe the word you're looking for, it, the wrestling term you're looking for, might be gimmick, which maybe is like gimmick. or angle. Gimmick angle. or angle. Gimmick sounds too derisive for how good she was. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's because all these words come from carny stuff. So it's like all of this is carny shit. Like Mark is a carny thing. I uh, knew that because I was a carny. Where you were carny? <laughs> when yep. were you a carny? What'd you uh, do? When I was fifteen. I was a light carny. It's like how I'm under. It's like how I'm under soft quarantine right now. Uh, I'm not in the hospital. I'm just like really, really not allowed to leave my house. Uh, when I was 15 years old, my friend, wor- a friend of mine, worked, of course, under the table. Carnies don't pay have W twos. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, my friend worked for a local, just a carnival entertainment company because there were so many fairs near where I grew up in the Hudson Valley that you could just every single weekend you go somewhere new for a new street Mm -hmm. fair or like a garlic festival or something Um, and they were like we need a 15 year old to man the sand art and for (laughs) five bucks an hour and then we give her a free hot dog so I was a carny for a little while which is how I learned what meth was interesting yeah okay. that, yeah. i mean if you're gonna learn what meth is learn from a carny. Yeah, i'm like i went to dare too but dare didn't cover meth or maybe that's just a, <laughs> maybe it's a mark of how old i am that my dare classes didn't cover meth but they didn't <laughs> uh, uh but i there was there the older carnies there were like 
oh, you guys, oh, and we, they were like talking, asking like how many drugs there were at our high school, which looking back, they were looking for a new market, which right. that's business. Uh, yeah, no, that's the thing about carnies. Always selling. Always, always selling. Always Again, back with, the, back with the sell. Back with the sell. They were like, hey, do you, they, are, they were like, what drugs do people do? And I was like, eh, people mostly robo trip because I was in the ninth grade. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you do in ninth grade. And then what you do in the ninth grade is you robo trip, which is, you know, the worst kind of drug you can it's ever so do. It's so bad for you not for fun just like nothing is good about it uh, last year somebody was like i've never robo trip should i do it and i was like no and they were like why and i was like are you over the age of 23 are you over the age of 19 do you want to half watch a bad movie in pain and then take a big shit that's what robo tripping is don't do it can't recommend it (laughs) can't recommend it enough uh but this guy was like yeah uh robo tripping and he was like oh you don't know anything about that do you know what meth is Teach me your ways, Carney. And then I didn't I didn't realize how bad it was what he was telling me, but something in me inherently said, like, you're not gonna mention this conversation to your mother later. And I didn't. <laughs> and that's how I was a Carney. Hell yeah. <laughs> well then yeah, then you know some of the terms. So like yeah. gimmick is like it's it's your gimmick is your character. And yeah. it's just cause it's again then angle they're is trying what? to keep they're trying to keep uh people from realizing this is high art they don't want they're they're trying to keep it from being pretentious they're trying to keep it for the people yeah 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 because it's not you're not like oh you know my motivation is character what's your gimmick <laughs> you know yeah, what's your gimmick yeah uh I so angle the- and then angle is like the again sort of your gimmick is your character and your angle is sort of like your character's motivation so like, what's angle the is what i'm looking for with what was the girl's name again selena vega with selena vega her angle was great She's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I re- like whenever she didn't do too much, she didn't distract too much. She did exactly what she needed to do and she did it so well. And then she got beat she, up by Candace LeRae, which fucking she was, ruled. She was like the character actor of that whole setup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she she had, speaking of great facial expressions, like she had some really good reactions. Oh that they would my God. And... Yeah. Excellent. Very good job. Big fan. I immediately liked her. <laughs> yeah. Big yeah, fan. Yeah. I'm a big they were fan great. I think everybody in that match was wonderful. And a lot of people like, People were really high on that match that night. Like, people were like, that's the best NXT match ever. Like, people were so into it. It's cooled a little, but people are definitely still like, this is top three. Like, this is one of the best NXT matches. I'm so lucky. You really are. This weekend has been crazy. Like, we haven't even watched the Rumble yet. We have to do a whole other episode. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, Um, we're probably heading up on an hour. So if we want to start winding down a little bit. Um, I mean, the other things I wrote down were the, uh, the road to mediocrity is paved with excuses (laughs) and I don't have any. (laughs) What? That's crazy. There was a lot of, I I think like the, that's something you'd see on Craig Goliath's Instagram. Who's and that? I mean, you don't know who Craig Elias is? No, who's Craig oh, Elias? Craig Elias is this insane bodybuilder whose heart is definitely going to explode. Oh, hell yeah. He is sort of in the network of rest in peace to Rich Piana. Okay, yeah. Because um, the reason I, f- I started following Craig Elias on Instagram is because I found this incredible bodybuilder named brand who isn't really into bodybuilding as much as he in- is, is he's into like displaying how deep his sex addiction goes on Instagram <laughs> and he got in trouble on Instagram because he was showing himself fucking too many women in bathrooms uh, <laughs> I love brand uh, I will always I haven't checked it on brand in a while because it was a little too much for me but Craig Goliath is constantly like 
giving really motivational speeches and out of all these like bodybuilder guys who are definitely not making it past the age of 65 because they're just their hearts are going to explode yeah yeah they're too big there's too much hgh in their hands like they could die from hand hgh (laughs) uh where he but he's some of this one of the smartest of all of them and rich piana (laughs) rich piana was really smart too yeah for you know he's not He's not Neil deGrasse Tyson. Dude, um, I like wrestling. I understand. <laughs> you understand? I understand like a, a smart, smart, dumb muscle guy. Like smart I get for that. their genre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, but that sounds like something Craig Goliath would say in terms of like, level up, get your game. The road to mediocrity is paved with, with excuses. excuses. And I don't have any. There's not even, there's, I love that. There's no clever turn to the play, phrase. There no, there's no, I'm out of bubble gum. It's just, nope. I'm not going to be mediocre. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My favorite part of that promo package, I still, it's like, it's great and it's perfect for the character, but it's also really funny that there's just a clip of him, a clip of Johnny Gargano going, I am not a broken man. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. See, that's where it reverts back into actually our sense of traditional masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a very broken man. <laughs> Thank you. Dude, that guy is like the most broken man I've ever seen. <laughs> He's so broken. <laughs> I, I really love his wife. Yeah, she rules. I'm really excited about her. We we should watch some of her matches because she's like... What was so funny about that for me is that, you know, there's nine... Uh, there's Usually in every wrestling match I've watched so far, there's at least three versions of like Chekhov's noun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you like, Check if you table, if, you, if you show the wife and she's a wrestler, like she's either gonna get hit, she's gonna hit somebody. If you set up a table, you're going through that table, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all of that is great, and like God bless Chekhov for introducing <laughs> that turn of phrase. Because how else would we talk about it? Yeah, but they really abide s- by that law in wrestling. For and I some appreciate reason, it. they showed her, and I did not think about that coming. Yeah, like so I that knew, was a surprise for you. That was a fun surprise for me. Maybe it wasn't a surprise for you. It, it was a little bit only because, well, the, so they like, they signed a bunch of new people and the classic NXT thing yeah. is that you show your new signees in the front row of your pay-per-view yeah. and then you're like, to like kind of generate buzz about them. Yeah. So I thought that, and then I was not surprised. This is how it went. Uh, Zelina Vega fucked up the match. She pulled uh, Almas to the rope. Uh, and then she she gave Johnny Gargano uh, a move called Hurricane Rana. He fell into the mat. He hit his head. I can't wait to learn all this. <laughs> uh, and at that point, I was like, I want, I want, like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but personally, I want Candace to come murder her. Like, I was like, this is, I need Candace to come murder that woman right now. And like, she, and then she did. She did it. And uh, I really loved that she wasn't, that she was in white converse. Yeah, like a, every woman at a festival in the springtime. <laughs> you had a point about how it was an Illuminati thing or something. Okay. <laughs> so this is, maybe this should be bonus content or something. <laughs> yeah, we should, there, this should probably be what we end on because we're, we're <laughs> getting run is, out of time. Uh, when I was 19, I was pretty active on a live journal community called Oh No They Didn't. And it's celebrity oh, gossip. I oh No They Didn't. Oh, yeah. I love Oh No They Didn't. I should really change my username on there so it's less synonymous with my Twitter presence because people could probably link them. <laughs> and find very problematic comments I made <laughs> when I was 20 years old, which I don't want anyone finding because sure. that's not me anymore. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't even want to apologize for him because it's embarrassing. Uh, but w- when Lady Gaga first became huge and became a household name, 
there was this conspiracy theorist and I think he's still active or his community is still active talking about how Lady Gaga was the most flagrant display of the Illuminati in action controlling us all and he would do these insanely funny and not was he serious or not? He was serious. He was serious. Okay. I'm pretty sure was he, he was trying to be funny? No. Okay. Okay. It was just that he was just that sincere where he was talking about how in the bad romance video, Lady Gaga was talking about how her religion was real because there was a cross near her crotch and that's very rude. <laughs> um, it's just stuff like that. But there was a lot of, t- I remember he had, there was this, this, somebody found his website and posted it out. And, oh, no, no, they, oh, no, they didn't about this great thing about how the pop culture incident that's still affecting us to some degree to this day of Taylor Swift versus Kanye West at those original VMAs. That, which is, by the way, a very pro wrestling moment oh in pop my culture. God, like yeah, the most. Abs- yeah. Completely agree. <laughs> didn't even think about it. 100% on board. Jealous <laughs> I didn't think of that analysis. That's so smart. Um, where he was talking about how Taylor Swift's entire narrative during those VMAs where first she's in silver and then later she comes out bathed in red because Beyonce introduced her to the Illuminati and and talking about how since Beyonce is like the top pop star bringing in this new girl bathed in red who started out innocent and is now covered in blood as like a blood sacrifice I wish I wish I had this good of an analytical mind to come up with this (laughs) independently but it was a similar thing that I thought of when Candace came in. And she was in red. And she they were was, both in red. They were both in red because she starts off as this as this pure innocent on the other side and then she like and she has the white hair. She and- has the white hair, she's purity, and she bounds through the ring and you see her dark roots in her hair. Mm, and then I love this nothing against that dye job it's a good dye job I yeah, like it she it looks works great. for her um, <laughs> but you see the dark roots and you hear and you see her bound through being a spectator to a participator and that's and that's her like Illuminati entrance into it and you know the Illuminati guy is crazy but it's an interesting perspective in terms of like how we interpret these sort of pop culture events as like their entrances into the lexicon. Yeah. And I sound a little Zizeki right now. No, but it's like, <laughs> I, I think that at least the point, and I think, and it's funny because this is what like Vince McMahon says about wrestling all the time. And I know lots of people who are listening to this probably hate him, but I'm, I like, don't even like him. Yeah. I, I know to not like him. But he, he says like wrestling is about creating moments. Like he always says that. Mm-hmm. Like this is about sport. Well, he doesn't call it wrestling because they call it sports entertainment in WWE, which we'll talk about another time. But he, he's like, it's about creating moments. And I see that in, I see that in WWE in particular, but wrestling in general, you have these striking images and that's like, yeah, the Illuminati isn't real, but that's a striking image. You have this, the her oh, yeah. roots and her like the reason the jumping Illuminati the barricade is and bought as real is because they do, they do affect us so spectacularly. Yeah. Taylor Swift is still <laughs> stuck on Kanye West. That's a moment. Like, yeah. And I, I think the other moment like that in that match was at the end when uh, Ciampa, um, Gargano, Gargano's old tag partner, comes out and attacks him with the crutch. And then Gargano is lying on the floor and can't. He has uh, Candace has his head in her lap and he's crying. And you see... Champa behind them yeah. and he has like there's like flames on the screen and it's like he's backlit from the Titan Tron it's and biblical. it's it's biblical it's a it's such a powerful image and I think that like 
we can talk about how Vince McMahon sucks at booking wrestling because he kind of does, but he understands something fundamental about how people process entertainment. Yeah. And he's good at it. So I don't know. I feel like we're ending with a hot take, but... He's chaotic good. He, or No, he's a he's chaotic neutral. He is an evil man. He is a bad is person. He, but the thing is, is he lawful evil or chaotic evil? He's lawful evil, I think. No. He's no, chaotic. I think he's chaotic evil. He's chaotic yeah, evil. he's chaotic yeah. evil. So anyway, this is a podcast <laughs> for non-nerds. Uh, <laughs> we're, we are, you know what we are? We're the... You, I'll make a I meme of the, this. You, the person listening to this is Johnny Gargano. You're... Candice LeRae because oh. you're like kind of like you know you're good I'm but you're being I'm entering the fold and then I'm fucking Ciampa with the crutch being like you nerd <laughs> <laughs> you will like this <laughs> yep that's what it is <laughs> Nate is the Roku channel that we logged into yes that's Nate's Nate's deal alright well yeah we did it we did it first this episode in episode the can one in the can we're excited to make more um if you listen to this and like this Email us at WrestleSplania at gmail.com. If you listened to this and hated it, email us. Yeah, we want feedback. We want feedback. We might make fun of you not to your face if it's dumb, but we won't be mean to you. We may have done that already with one person. (laughs) Uh, We won't be mean to you to your face, and we do appreciate feedback, and we do want to... Like, we want to know what people want us to do. Yeah, we want enthusiastic <laughs> listeners. So even if you're enthusiastically hating this, thank you. Yeah, and tell if us... If you feel nothing, I feel bad. Hey, <laughs> this is why you're going to be a good fucking wrestling fan. Because <laughs> that is wrestling in a nutshell. It's like, I don't care if you get booed or cheered. If people... The worst is silence. If people don't have a reaction to you, you're not doing it right. I, that's true to me in terms of I think the worst rating you can give a movie is B minus. Yeah. C yeah, yeah. makes you feel something. <laughs> a makes you feel something. B minus, God, you're Spider Man. Yeah. So give us five stars or give us no stars. That's yes. our that's oh our my rule. Guys. Uh, thank you for listening. We're excited to make more. Wrestle Splaney on Twitter. Follow us. Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>